Everybody coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today. Now, you know, I've been talking about my daughter's wedding. It's coming up later this week, and it is stressing me out. You know, there's probably some things out there stressing you out as well. So coming up on the show, how can we best manage stress and keep it from damaging relationships with the people we care about? That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show right after the news. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The three women rescued from a suburban Cleveland home after being held captive for almost 10 years have been released from the hospital just about 12 hours after one of them broke free. Three brothers have been arrested in relation to the decade-old abductions. Investigators are now confirming ammonium nitrate was the cause of the massive explosion at a fertilizer plant in West Texas that injured nearly 200. However, the source of the initial fire that detonated the chemical is still unknown. Lawmakers are voicing outrage at the latest Air Force sex scandal today after the lead officer in charge of preventing sexual assault was arrested on sexual battery charges himself. Political leaders are now questioning if military officials should have jurisdiction over sexual crimes. President Obama's nomination to be the next diplomat to Libya says security is the ambassador's job. Deborah K. Jones says if she, as an ambassador, thinks security needs to be increased, she will call and keep calling people in charge of such a decision until her needs are met. The Senate has passed a new bill allowing states to collect sales tax on all online purchases. President Obama has signaled his support for the measure, but conservatives in the House are expected to pose some challenges. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished above 15,000 points today for the first time ever. The rest of Wall Street also had an update with the S&P 500 hitting a new high for the fourth day in a row. In world news, nearly 20 people are dead and 36 more injured after a gas tanker truck exploded on a highway outside Mexico City. Several surrounding homes were also damaged by the blast. And North Korean authorities have lowered two missiles from a coastal launch site, lowering some of the tension in the region. U.S. officials say the move is beneficial to normalizing relations on the Korean peninsula. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, trying to do this without an accent so they don't make fun of me today. Welcome to the program, everybody. So good to be with you. And uh, today is going to be a stressful day because we're talking about stress. And so what we decided to do on the show is to not have any preparation. And we're just springing the entire show on me to see how I handle stress. I'm just breathing through it. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. We actually put a bear in Matt's car. He handled it pretty well. Oh, you did? Is that what that was? He hasn't found it yet. (laughs) There's a bear in my car? That's scary. By the way, when I just got lightheaded breathing in and blown out. That's why I don't do it. Hey, um, we're talking about stress today. Any of you stressed out there? I mean, I know it's kind of a long reach, but who would be stressed? Here we live in the greatest country on earth. We're blessed with many, many things. We have so many things we get to pay for. We have bills. We have children, beautiful gifts from heaven. We have a job. 
Some of us have lost a job and you're looking for a job. What's there to be stressed about? I would say all of those things, every single one of those things. Isn't it funny? Every single one of those things can cause stress. I was just talking to this young couple and they've been married nine months. and They're like, well, you know, maybe we were thinking maybe we ought to have a baby. And in my head, I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) Your life is so good right now. Because they feel like they've just finally got ahead of it. They finally have got their school stuff paid off. They're just, he's about to be done with school. He's got a great job. And now he's, they're thinking maybe we ought to have a kid. And you don't want to say no. But in my head, I was like, maybe just a little longer. Because I know. And then we talked about it. Because when you get a, ha- a kid, you're going to want a house. And when you get a house, you're going to need a car. This totally sounds like if you give a mouse a cookie, <laughs> he's going to want a glass of milk. And if you give him a glass of milk, he's going to want a straw. And by the end, you've spoiled this mouse. Well, why are you doing that with a mouse anyway? I don't know. You're only going to attract more mice. <laughs> oh, is that a book? Yeah, it's a book. That was before my generation, I think. Yeah. That was after my it generation. Happened, it happened sometime in between that, my childhood and yours. But it's interesting, but I didn't read those books to my kids either. Maybe they were out of... We read books, and we watched a lot of Disney videos. Why read when you can view? Why? Right. And plus, then, you know, you could have more time for Facebook and stuff like that. Which was MySpace back in the day. It was <laughs> all the way back in 2004. Talk about stress. MySpace. So uh, we're talking stress and how it's not just – it's one thing to be stressed. It's another thing to be stressed in a relationship because then, you know, it's kind of like the relationship is like the bird, the canary in the mine. And uh, it's the first thing to die when there's noxious <laughs> gases and fumes. It's, it's the first thing to die before you die? Mm-hmm. Okay. So always watch. If, if you're having too much stress, then the relationship will start to struggle. And we're going to talk about that. Canary in the mind today. Um, what else are we going to talk about? Oh, we've got a great guest, by the way. Kimberly Pryor is, uh, is going to be joining us. And she's going to fill us in five ways to stop stress from damaging your relationships. And Skyboy, I chose this topic because I am feeling like stress is destroying our relationship. We used to be so much closer. You used to talk to me about your problems, your issues, you know? And it's like we don't have time for that anymore. When, when was this again? Um, right when you started. Okay. I don't remember this, so. Oh, you don't? I don't. Yeah. Well, you Is stress it. what's causing our relationship to deteriorate? I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. I thought it was just you being rude to me all the time. No, it's not that. It's not that. No, it could be a lot of things. I don't think it's that. (laughs) No, um, no. And I wouldn't call that rude. Okay. I would call it um, punitive. That's the word I like to use. Okay. I'm just kidding. Uh, We don't have any stress in our world, you and I. We're good. Except for that one time I pushed the buttons on your screen and it ruined your bit and anyway. And then you got mad. You mean when Sam was doing the news Mm -hmm. and you just decided to play a different show over Sam's news? I didn't decide anything. I just reached (laughs) around and grabbed the screen. And who would know that the screen is... is Touch sensitive. Touch sensitive as it is. That's that's odd. You haven't realized that because I touched the screen a lot. I don't know what you thought. Well, it's funny. I don't see you touching it much. Oh, okay. Wow. So, um, but the the funny thing is, um, then, then, then Don came in and got mad at you. Remember? I don't. He actually didn't. It, it wasn't a big deal. There was no stress. Then why was... were you freaking out? Because you remember, you started crying. <laughs> just remember? like just, with my cape and my tight pants, all the things that 
the you, listeners don't do. see, but that I do. Yeah, that are uniquely you. Yeah. Well, it's a, being a board ops like being a, an air traffic controller. Without air or control. You or know, traffic. Well, you're controlling what goes out on air. Ooh, so there is air. Yeah. Just a different kind of air. What hot kind of air. air is that? It's hot air. Hot air. So hot. Um, so today, stress. Do you ever get stressed, Skybook? I was stressed last night. Why? I was watching the Spurs-Warriors game. Oh, tell me. I don't know I if didn't, you saw I that. I didn't see that. That was, wow. Um, was it close? No, it wasn't. For the first three quarters and uh, eight minutes of the fourth quarter, it was the it, Warriors killing the Spurs. And then the Spurs come back. With four minutes left. How the could Spurs, the Spurs be losing to the Warriors? <clears throat> they played terrible and Steph Curry no, that's did your, not miss any Okay, shots. and that's your team. The, the no, Spurs are your team. I like, I like the team. Spurs. They, they are my team. I that, last night they were stinking it up. Did they, they were, win? Okay, so four minutes left. They mm-hmm. were down by 16, and they went on an 18-2 run with You're the last four minutes kidding. to tie it up. They went into overtime, um, went into double overtime, mm-hmm. and with one second left, Manu Ginobili hit a three to go up by two points, and um, then the Warriors couldn't. I think it was Jarrett Jack who shot the last shot and missed it. And crushed their spirit. Spurs won, but I was very stressed for okay. a good four well, hours. Well, Skyler's <laughs> Monday was... All happy. But let's talk about that because did it impact your relationship with your girlfriend? Uh, I don't have a girlfriend. Mm. So it, it kept did. her away. It kept yeah. her further away yeah. from See? existing. Kept... That's my point. Stress hurts relationships even if you don't have However, them. there there's two girls that I am friends with that knew I was watching the Spurs game and during the most stressful part decided to come over and see oh, how things were going. Oh, and I was like rookie mistake. I was like this is not a good time. Can to you be leave my presence? They, did, they didn't leave and I they saw me in a manner they've never seen me before. I it was really hard to like. Their I tried to block them out. Holy cow! That's I mean, like Skyler, but he just gets so angry. <laughs> Man, your girlfriend sounds so weird. Yeah, was that her? I th- yeah, her voice is. Uh... Merritt, get in here. We need your help. So, if you went over and Skyboy was watching a show, just a silly little game. A silly little it's like the a, NBA playoffs. It's an it's NBA not playoffs silly, game. It's not little. And and he got all mouthy. For the first, and you hadn't seen the side of him. You used to think you, not, this is all hypothetical because this isn't going on between you. But you, let's say you were one of these girls, these women, and you thought he was cute at first, and then you just thought he was a cute little caped redheaded stud. And you go over <laughs> there, and then he gets all mouthy and kind of angry. What would you be thinking? I'd probably be pretty thrown off at first. Yeah. I'd think, like, simmer down. Come on. Would you say that? Yeah. Simmer down, <laughs> yo. <laughs> She she comes over to his house when he doesn't want people coming over, and then she complains. Simmer down, Wait, calm Simmer down. down. What are you I doing? Never at your coming house? back. No, but that's good. <laughs> no, though I I don't know. I have parent, my dad and brothers and other. Do they get all real, jazzed about yeah, stuff like that? They do. So I, I've seen the the sports yeah. stress before. It's well, it's a very stressful thing. I, it's something I haven't experienced. But well, you're now experiencing it vicariously. You are being, you're the surrogate for this almost potential friend that isn't real, that is a, a pretend friend of Skyboy's. That would be all hard. hypothetical. I'd it's all go hypothetical. Home and make cookies. That's like my solution. You'd for be everything. mad, you'd be hurt, and you're like, then you'd say something like, fine, I'm leaving, Sky. If you're going to be this rude, I'm leaving. Fine. I'm going to go make cookies. And then, Sky, you would say, 
bring me the cookies when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Once again, we're realizing why Sky is totally single. Because <laughs> that is the worst answer. Hey, and when you're done, bring me some cookies. Then I'll be nice to you again. But can you bring them? Call me before you come because I don't want you interrupting anything. And, and make sure to bring them when they're warm. Yeah. I mean, don't like take them out of the oven and then just like put them out yeah. and then bring yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, no, we'll no. Need no. Some like milk fresh. And a straw too. Yeah. yeah. Milk? You got milk? Can you bring me some milk with my cookies? I wouldn't want the straw though because want I'd want to dip and it'd get in the way. I guess you're not a mouse with a cookie. <sighs> yeah. Sky boy. You and stress and your It was very stressful. I was like girlfriends. It was that game one? It was game one of round two, the okay. Western Conference semifinals. See? We're getting closer. Getting closer. But they I'm just gonna tell you, they lost it, almost lost it in the first I, I three am concerned. Quarters. I yeah. am concerned. They should you should be. I am very worried. This is why I always root for the Jazz. Because then you don't have to stress out about stuff like <laughs> this. They don't even make the playoffs. <laughs> it's so much easier when the team's actually not contending. Yeah. Because I hardly feel any stress. Yeah. You with me? I'm with you. Okay. <sighs> Glad we fixed that. I mean, who even knew you had that problem until right then? Thanks for letting me get this out. I feel yeah. like this kind of mended see... our, well, our relationship well, yeah. a little bit. Too, I think also, we found so. a relationship. Yeah. Weird. Um <laughs> Now, Rob, you've got something for us as well, right? So sports is not number one of the sources oh, of stress. I know what it is. For Americans. And this is not some magazine survey or something. This is actually the American Psychological Association. Okay. What with a sample know? size in the thousands. So Tens of thousands of millions. Statistically significant. Okay. This is, these are the stressors, the number one stressor to humans. In this day and age is, should I guess? Should we uh, do top five? Start at the bottom, work yeah. our way up to number one? Okay. Yeah. Fifth most health problems affecting myself or my family. Yes. Totally stressful. I agree. The source of stress for over half of Americans. Really? 50, half of 52%. Americans are suffering from health-related issues. Or know somebody who has health issues mm-hmm. and it's causing, causing them stress. Number four, relationship issues. Yeah, baby. Including spouse, kids, girlfriend, or boyfriend. What about hypothetical girlfriends that might potentially have a chance if they came at the right time and not during a game? <laughs> Is that on there? That'd be, that'd be <clears throat> 56%. <laughs> There's guys. And I would even include maybe it could be people who wish they had a spouse, kids, girlfriend, or boyfriend and are stressed out about it. I don't know if that's in there or not. But... By the last name, Hanson. <laughs> okay. Number four or three. number, totally number three? Oh, right. okay. I'm doing That's the top. Total I didn't count. <laughs> top six here. Okay. Okay. Number four, family responsibilities. 57% of Americans. Family responsibilities, also known as? Weddings. Weddings. Oh, yeah. I got an easy solution. What? Put three states in between you and any of your family members. I did it. It's great. Just saying. It's no, great. No, but you know what would happen is then if they had a health issue- it would be compounded because you're three states away. Bam! <laughs> Write that in your journal. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing I do. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's an interesting, I mean, all of a sudden now you're compounding your life because you have no one around. Who's going to? That's kind of nice. Solitude who, is pretty peaceful. You like that. You'll love Mars. I will. That'll be a great Quiet trip for you. Quiet always. <laughs> Not very. Uh, I heard the hospitals aren't good on Mars. Yeah, no. no pretty very, much you just die. Yeah. That's pretty much yeah. what happens. Oh, well. At least you had fun. 
It was a fun trip, okay? It was a good trip. Sources of stress, number three, the economy. 61% mm. of Americans concerned yeah. about the economy. 61%. And it'd be fun to retroactively go back 10 years ago and see how this all shifted around. Yeah. But I, I don't have that with me. Number two, mm-hmm. work. 65%. Yeah, I get that. My work stresses me out. My drive here... I'm a basket case. <laughs> Just play music. I'll find out later he actually goes across the street. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but, but he still takes a 45. He actually drives yeah. drives out yeah. about 20 minutes I like a and canyon drive. minutes back. I like to drive through the canyon. Just to, to sort of down. like get mm-hmm. in to the Unwind, zone. I call it. Psych up. What's the number one? Number one affecting almost 70% of all Americans. Wow. Money. Too much money stresses people out. I don't know out. if that's the problem. but <laughs> Is it too much? I've never had that problem. So the economy, work, and money round out the top three. I'm seeing a theme. Do you know what our top stressors are right now? Because none of them are on there. Uh, do we have enough candy for the candy bar at the wedding? We're having a wedding reception. We have a candy bar. Never had a candy bar. Do you bar. have candy bars oh, at the candy bar? It's not a candy bar. It's a bar where you have big glass vases of candy and people can come pick whatever candy they want and make their own candy bag. Well, because being a Mormon wedding, you don't have alcohol, so yeah, you have so, candy. So we sugar up. That's how we <laughs> medicate. Um, and then, so then all of a sudden, you uh, you have your little candy bag. So we, I, we're not thinking there's enough candy. Or cheesecake. Let's just put those in the same category. We may not have enough cheesecake to feed everyone. Okay? Stressor number one. Stressor number two, hormones. Uh, a lot of hormones flowing around the Townsend house right now. And um, hormones kill, just so you know. And uh, just like, I don't know, bridezilla hormones. So if anybody dies, it's considered a crime of passion. Mm-hmm. And it's just the weirdest thing because they didn't seem to exist because I, ha- I only have one. I have one daughter and five boys. So we're, it's fairly stable. It's a, a good balance. It's a great balance. Five, five boys, one girl. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> And um, and then the last thing is um, your tie, my tie, yeah. which I found. We figured out my tie, so I'm good now. I'm wearing a tie. I'm wearing a yellow tie. Boom. Taxi Wait, cab. That, yeah. that wasn't the last one, though, was it? That was number one tie. Oh, okay. That's my biggest stressor. But we took care of that yesterday. Okay. Now, um, stress it impacts relationships, and which is really funny because I'm a relationship coach, and uh, we've been pretty stressed. So we're just grateful for the for Friday to come around when we're going to be all relaxed and done. It's just done. And hopefully there's little candy bar stuff left over. Take that home. Want to know which part of the country is most stressed out? Yes. Okay, yes. I We can all guess. We all know it's Iowa. No. Where Skyboy's from. <laughs> it's not Iowa? It's not Iowa. It's, it was, it's Texas, San Antonio. <clears throat> it's the east. Is it? Yeah. The Northeast. Most people City. identifying that they're very stressed and a good chunk yeah. of people who say I they're pretty that. stressed. And the lowest in the country of people saying they're really not that stressed. Least is least stressed would be, I'm pretty sure, Hawaii. Um, the South. Really? Technically that is Sweet the southern Alabama. State. That is south. That's way that's a different south. Super, super south. <laughs> like the equator. But, you know, that's a good point. And I I bet in the methodology somewhere they say where they bundled Hawaii in. It's, that would be interesting to know. I've, it's probably just an outlier. It's probably like Alaska. Aren't Alaskans pretty stressed out? Insignificant. Don't they get like twenty days of twenty hours of sunlight a day? Tell me that wouldn't stretch you out. 
Like, when does that thing go down? <laughs> Would somebody make the sun go down? Daddy needs to sleep. Uh, okay, well, so wherever you are, if it's not the east and if it's not, uh, I guess, Alaska, I'm making that up, then uh, you're probably not, you're probably stressed out if, if you are in those areas. If you're not, you're probably laid back like we are here and Skyboy is in Iowa. We're going to take a break, coming back, talking about stress and stressors. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. One fearless fowl has flown more missions than even some astronauts. Meet Camilla, the rubber chicken, NASA's ambassador to school kids. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. In a world of precision high-tech equipment like the space program, you can order up titanium bolts, advanced rocket fuel, or super-efficient solar panels. But there is no procurement system for obtaining a rubber chicken. And yet this toy that started out as an office gag at a NASA project has become the agency's unofficial ambassador to schoolchildren and civilian space events the world over. Nicknamed Camilla, the rubber chicken began as an unofficial mascot for the Solar Dynamics Observatory team, where she was often photographed next to equipment being used for solar science. Now she's flown in F-18 jets. She's floated with a balloon to the edge of space. She's in line to ride a Soyuz rocket to the space station. And a funny thing happened. As Camilla's photo kept popping up in various NASA aircraft and experiments, she gained popularity with the public, particularly kids. Camilla is the biggest rubber chicken on Facebook and Twitter. Astronauts and scientists visiting schools bring Camilla along to break the ice and make talking to real space experts less intimidating. Everywhere she goes, Camilla opens a conversation about science. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. World News. Uru Kenyatta was sworn in as Kenya's fourth president. Secretary of State John Kerry is meeting in London today. It's the latest threat North Korea's leaders have made. U.S. leaders are offering aid. You get sound bites from the news, but with notes from the Kennedy Center, you can join diplomats and scholars as they go deeper into the affairs of the world. Notes from the Kennedy Center airs weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about stress and the impact stress has on your relationships and our own merit is going to be uh, teaching us something very important because it's not enough to just feel stress. You have to kind of know what the signs are. There yeah. are signs of stress. You can't solve stress until you know what it is and when you or other people have it. Yes. Like if you keep – like if you – if they're mad at you and you keep talking, you're going you're gonna to step in it. You're going to walk <laughs> right in the hole. Right, exactly. Skyboy? How many times have I been talking and I've known you're mad? And I keep pushing, and then all of a sudden you throw that fit that you throw. Every time you talk to me. Okay, let's go to <laughs> Merritt. So you, Merit, Matt. Um, let's not let, let's not talk to him. He stresses <laughs> me out. What uh, what have we got? What are the signs that of stress we should be looking out for? Okay, so we all kind of can tell when we're stressed yes. ourselves. I think that's a pretty easy thing. My heart races. I sweat. Yeah, you know, there's other things. You can start feeling sick. 
you are less interested and depressed by everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't think clearly. I Those have are to some eat chocolate. Things. Yes. Stuff like that. But it's kind of harder to tell when other people are stressed. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Okay, let's do that. So um, there's a psychologist. Her name is Connie Lillis, and she uses this analogy. And her analogy is that there are three reactions to stress, and it's like a car. So Rob's okay. going to get excited here. Rob's going to be very excited. So you either there are people who put their foot on the gas when they're stressed; they get super anxious. <laughs> they accelerate. Anger, everything just That's hikes a, right yeah. way up, and they're unable to sit still. They feel emotional. Yeah. Then there are those who put their foot on the brake. They kind of their the stress hits them, and they just shut off mm-hmm. like the computer. And they just slow down, they hide, they, just, they escape. It's, it's shut down time. Okay, they, yeah. they can't think, they space out, they don't have any energy. But then there are the people who put their feet on both and they just freeze up, super tense. And they can't do anything. And they're, so they're and super they're, stressed, but they can't do anything about it. Oh, I hate those. Yeah. That's bad. just going to ruin the car. I know. But you can also, there. Are, so those are some typical reactions of stress, but yeah. there are also a lot of nonverbal signs that you can tell when a person is stressed or not. Okay. There is something you have to be careful of, and that is that when you are stressed, you are more likely to misread other people. Yes. Emotion so, hijacks meaning. Yeah. So don't, if you're super stressed, don't try to read into whether no, everybody else is stressed. You it's probably a bad time. won't do that. Also, when you're stressed, you tend to send the wrong signals. Yeah, you like over accentuate. Yeah. yeah. But some nonverbal signs of stress. And one is fidgeting. Fidget with your clothes. Sky you're just nervous. Boy. Yeah. Gosh. Twitchy. Twitchy exactly. like a little squirrel. Um, not maintaining eye contact. Yes. Shifty. Yeah. Here's an interesting one crossing your arms. We talk about that one a lot. Right there. Bryce Ooh, Tobin. Look at that. Gotcha, dude. But here's the interesting part. What I read was that you're not trying to look, you know, angry no. or guarding yourself. It's more of a sign of self-comfort. So Bryce is really I'm, trying to give himself a little hug. I'm giving me a hug. Oh, that's awkward. Showing himself some compassion. <laughs> you're self-hugging. I'm keeping my organs safe. That's what I'm doing. You're protecting puppy. your innards. <laughs> uh, is, by the way, is this on the list? Um, banging your head <laughs> on a chair, I on the car. I think that would be more of a sign of De-stress, like distress. Okay, yeah, you're yeah, distressed like, if you're doing that. Because I saw a guy doing that. That he seemed pretty stressed. You know, I was I was dismantling a house one time, and they said, "Hey, we need someone to take out this this sheetrock." And I was like, oh, "Okay, can I use my head?" And they're like, "Yeah, go for it." No, why would you choose? Why would you go right there? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at making decisions. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of the conclusion I've yeah. come to. Um, but yeah, uh, use my head to get through that. Definitely well, distressed. Well, that was kind of. Well, what did you know where like the beams were? Uh, I, yeah, I knew where they were not, and I aimed there. Okay, so I missed that's that crazy time. <laughs> I missed that. Well, thankfully, good job. I guess sounds a little destructive. <laughs> oh, it's supposed to be. Yeah, we were taking the house oh, yeah. part. What else? Okay, what are some more signs. signs? When you hold your hands really tightly or you cross your legs, it's kind of you're turning into this little ball. Make yourself smaller. You're shrinking. Lots of tension. Mm-hmm. The fetal position. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Rocking back and forth. <laughs> what if you're sucking your thumb in the fetal position <laughs> on the floor, rocking back and forth with your arms crossed? I, I think Crying. that would be another distress Crying. sign. Like you should help that person. Yeah. Anyway. Um, That's sad. Okay, here's other interesting ones. Facial expressions. I think that one's kind of obvious. What? Person, like wincing. Yeah. Wincing, all that. Furrowed brow. Also, though, your blinking increases when you're stressed. Really? Didn't know that. Found yeah, that you got to hydrate your yeah. eyes. Keep them, keep them so moist. You blink more when you're stressed, apparently. So watch out for that. And last one is clearing your throat. You kind of just want to avoid the situation. Uh, You're not talking. Uh, yeah. Ixner on the throat. <clears> throat> um, That's stressful. Yeah. 
Yeah. That just is a regular show for us right there. <laughs> you guys seem stressed then. All, all the time. You really right? stress us out. Because in this one room, we have every one of those going on. We do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Looking well, around. Twitchy. Yeah. Look at Twitchy right there. <laughs> Arms crossed. Rob's in the fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> we said that because Rob's the only one that can't hear what we're saying. All curled up in the fetal position. He just came in. <laughs> oh, he's back in. Anyway, <laughs> Rob. Hey, Robbie. We'll explain it at break. Um, so that's, that's good stuff. Good yeah. lessons. One, one last tip. Yeah. And this is a cool one. If you're feeling really stressed, but you don't want to let other people know, mm-hmm. like if you're in an interview or a meeting or something, to scrunch your toes inside your shoe. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because then you can put that tension in your shoe where no one can see it so they don't know you're stressed. Maybe that's so why like, I've got plantar um, fasciitis. Because my feet kill. So I bet that's what it is. I'm stressing just by, use, by clenching my feet. Plus, I used to do ballet as a ballerina, prima ballerina. Um, that's good stuff, Merritt. Thank you. Great lessons. See, let's go home. I feel, <laughs> we're, I feel we're more done. relaxed already. We're going to end the show now. We're going to have. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, do a little news break with Sam. I am the great Dr. Seuss character. And after that, we're going to come back with Kimberly Pryor and start learning five ways to stop stress from damaging your relationships. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU Radio to color your world. Eric Dowdle is a renowned artist who paints pictures about unique cultures and locales every weeknight on BYU Radio. On Traveling with Eric Dowdle, you'll discover hidden gems through the eyes of locals, including the kinds of things you just can't miss. Listen to Traveling with Eric Dowdle weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, another great BYU Radio program to color your world. Find it on Sirius XM Channel 143. BYU Radio, talk about good. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. After three women were rescued from a suburban Cleveland house after being held captive for over a decade, authorities are now realizing how close they came to discovering the captives years ago. Police tried to visit the house for an unrelated matter but were not allowed in at the time. Investigators are now confirming ammonium nitrate was the cause of the massive explosion at a fertilizer plant in West Texas. However, the source of the initial fire that detonated the chemical is still unknown. Following the sexual battery-related arrest of the lead Air Force officer in charge of preventing sexual assault, lawmakers are now harshly questioning if military branches should have jurisdiction over sexual crimes. The Senate has passed a new bill allowing states to collect sales tax on all online purchases. President Obama has signaled his support for the measure, but conservatives in the House are expected to pose some challenges. As speculation about a possible presidential build from Hillary Clinton in 2016 grows, her husband and former president Bill Clinton says everyone should stop speculating and let her have a little fun as a private citizen for the first time in 20 years. It finally happened on Wall Street. The Dow Jones breached the 15,000-point mark for the first time ever today. The rest of the market did well, too, with the S&P hitting a fourth consecutive all-time high. In world news, nearly 20 people are dead and 36 more are injured after a gas tanker truck exploded on a highway outside Mexico City. Several surrounding homes were also damaged by the blast. 
North Korean authorities have lowered two missiles from a coastal launch site, lowering some of the tension in the region. U.S. officials say the move is beneficial to normalizing relations on the Korean peninsula. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. (laughs) Doing what we can on the program to give you some tools. And today we are working on um, stress. (laughs) I knew it was in there. It was in my head somewhere. We're working on stress because apparently stress stresses you out. And uh, not only does it stress you out, it stresses your relationships out. So we've asked Kimberly Pryor to be here. And uh, Kimberly is a journalist with over 600 articles published. And in all of her research and living, she she got she was a little bit upset about all the divorces she's she's hearing about and all the failing relationships around her. And so she decided to go out and interview people, not, you know, people going through divorces per se, but she wanted to find the people in her life and just life in general where they had good relationships, even under stressful or amazing circumstances. So she wrote a book called The Indestructible Relationship. It has helped thousands of couples deal with stress and to stress-proof their life, argue less, and love more. So we are going to invite Kimberly on the show with us now. Kimberly, welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Matt, thank you for having me there. You bet. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. And now, Kimberly, here you sit. You uh, you studied all these people that are so messed up in their relationships. I mean, that you've heard about a bunch of them, and you decided you're not going to go with what's broken. You wanted to go study the healthier relationships. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I set out to study couples who'd gone through some really stressful experiences because I figured they must have some secrets for coping with stress that. You know, those of us who haven't gone through those right. horrible things don't know about, you know, things like death of a child or a chronic illness, cancer, going through an accident, um, th- having your home destroyed in a natural disaster, things oh, like that. Yeah. I figured if they could get through that type of a, of a horrible situation, with, you know, with their marriages still intact, mm-hmm. what can we learn from them that we could use in our own relationships? Well, and seriously, like... We, I think we always think, well, that yeah, they're just different. They're just special. You know, some people are just special people. Did, did you find that? Are they just special people, or did they just do something different? You know, a lot of the people I interviewed, I mean, I would call them definitely not special. I would call them ordinary people who, by um, going through these stressful experiences, really discovered some things about themselves, but also discovered some things that, um, you know, some stress-coping secrets that a lot of us don't know because what what I noticed is that they had specific ways that they thrived under stress, which I mentioned in the indestructible relationship. I mean, they had certain techniques that they used to cope with stress. Did they have the technique prior to the stressor or did they learn this? Okay, so they had learned these things in their life earlier. Yeah, and they learned it in their life by going through the stressor. They okay. did not have it prior to that. Okay. And that's one of the reasons really why I know a lot of people who have bought my book for young couples who yeah. are married, because they haven't gone through all these things, and they don't know 
you know, what, what the techniques are, but even some of the things that these couples shared with me um, were things that I was kind of surprised about, even though I'm 47, mm-hmm. you know, and I've been in relationships before. So what I learned from them, I use with my fiancé today. I mean, there's so many different things, techniques that these couples gave me that I still use in my own relationship today. Well, and I love that idea. I mean, it's I found just working with couples that... Um, all, as much education as you can have ahead of time, as much preparation and planning, it's it's essential. I've also seen that most of them, you know, it's it's almost like they can't fathom not just having love and joy and unicorns with butterflies. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're yeah. they're caught up in the emotion of it that sometimes they don't get realistic enough to know, you know, tough times are going to come. Are you ready for it? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of times what happens, too, is when we're under stress, we act, we, we act differently mm-hmm. than we normally do. And, you know, people who have been together maybe a year or two years, you know, and you haven't gone through anything, any major stresses, right. you haven't seen that side of your partner that you're going to see yeah. when they're under stress. And that might be kind of scary to you when that happens. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, that's it. Like, my daughter's getting married this week to an incredible guy, wonderful man. They're really tight. Life is great. But I, I've just seriously found there's nothing more stressful than just getting married. Just yeah. e- everything you've got to go through to get married, that in, it's like, it's almost like that's the refiner's fire. It's kind of nature's way of weeding out even the weakest before you get married. Can you even handle the wedding? Um, but like yeah. you're saying, we still have no idea who we've married till we really get other tests down the road. Right. And, you know, what you said about marriage, I mean, I'm planning a wedding right now. And the funny thing is, compared to, like, work deadlines, I don't consider the, the planning of the wedding to be that stressful. Yeah. But one of the things I've always tried to do, and this actually ties into, you know, the, we, we talked about the, uh, the, five, the five ways that, yeah. that um, stress affects relationships. One of them, one of the things that I try to do with my fiancé is, when he's stressed about something else, like his car just broke down, yeah. $3,000 repair, and Ugh. that really stressed him out. <laughs> I don't give him wedding details when he's stressed out about that. And I think that's one thing to really remember is when your partner is stressed out about something, never, ever, ever talk about relationship issues or you know, things like the wedding planning. I mean, there may be something you have to talk about, but if you don't, hold off until your partner is not stressed anymore. Oh, well, that's a novel idea. Yeah, and you know, you forget that. I yeah. think women, I think maybe it's even more true with women because I, I know this. I want it when something's bothering me, I just want to like say it right now. Yeah. I don't want to hold it in. No, no, it's that's gonna, no. Yeah, yeah, but it's not going to work to your advantage right. if you just um, start talking about it when, you're, when your hus- husband or your boyfriend or is really stressed about something else. You know, isn't that interesting? It's true though, huh? I mean, it's, I guess that's just us being a little selfish. Like, hey, I've got a need. Can we meet it now? Yeah. And not looking at your need to de-stress. Right, exactly. And, um, and, and two, I think it's, it's a lot of being selfish, but I think it's kind of the way women are. I don't think women, I think women just love to express their feelings. Well, I, I think there's a men corollary, right? So yeah. the man, instead of maybe expressing his feelings, would maybe be like, hey, I know you're stressed and everything, but maybe we should just be physical. <laughs> you know, and you're like, uh... So maybe what we ought to do before being physical even is, you know, if you're stressed, let's just, what can I do to help? Right. What can I do to help you? Is there anything I can do? Do you want me to just be quiet and whatever? Yeah. Or give, you know, give your wife a massage or your yeah. a massage because 
because that will run, you know, my, my fiance does that when I'm sitting here working, he'll rub my shoulders and mm-hmm. he knows when I'm really stressed. Yeah. And so he tries to do something to definitely calm me down because I mean, you know, we're not going to be in the mood. Right. If we're stressed about something. Is it? Well, and that's a big lesson to learn for a lot of us out there listening is, uh, cause I know a lot of women that the, the minute their husband starts massaging their shoulders, they're thinking, ah, oh, geez, do we have to go there? <laughs> and you know that's a perception, though, because it is, huh? When when I'm sitting here working, um, and my fancy comes up and rubs my shoulders, I know that he's doing it because he wants me to relax. Yeah, and so that he knows how hard I work all day long, and he wants me to relax. So I think a lot of that is just changing your perception that yes. guys only want sex, right? Because they don't. I mean, you're a guy, you know, you yeah. don't always want sex. I mean, sometimes, right. sometimes you want to have an intelligent conversation with your with your wife or your your girlfriend too, right? I mean, that's not... Well, yeah. And, some, yeah, and sometimes, I mean, that, that I think is, is part of the stressor of this is that we have to read each other. And like your, your, your fiance is reading your stress level, which is why that symbol works, right? Exactly. So if, if, but if, if he reads your symbols wrong, then, or if he's not thinking about it, then like one person might say, hey, let's talk, not noticing the stress, or one might go for touch. I mean, it really is reading, isn't it? You've got to be able to read your partner. Yeah, and you know, the one thing too is, is um, I think people have different, different sense, primary senses. So mm-hmm. some people relate better to touch. Other people relate better to visual stimuli. Other people relate better to verbal. Right. So, so I think if you, you, know, you get to know what your partner's primary senses, you know, my fiance is, is more touch. I used to be more of a visual person, mm-hmm. but over the years I've interacted with so many feelings people that I started to adapt. Did you? Now you're a feeler? Yeah, I really am more. I used to wear clothes that were horribly uncomfortable just because they looked good. Yeah. Now I'm more like, okay, just give me something that's comfortable. And, and you know, I become more in touch with that, really. Isn't that, uh, that, that to me is, um, again, knowing your partner and knowing too that people can change. So it's so you're not like set in this one frame where oh yeah he's just a toucher or she's just a talker or whatever or a you know a, a, I call it a hearer somebody that needs to hear things. Um, tell me as we get into this because I, I know you're going to get into your five points in fact but bef- before we start going down the list, um, tell me what you've seen. I mean you had a motive for this book. And are you noticing it's your goals are being met? I mean, your goal with this book was to to really form, I guess, an indestructible relationship. Yeah, I have noticed it. I've noticed it both in my my own relationship. I mean, I would say this is probably the the um, you know, the, the book. I use the book every day in my own relationship, mm-hmm. and it's something that I've noticed a huge improvement in my relationship since since writing the book, because even something as simple as, you know, don't, don't bother your partner when he's stressed, mm-hmm. even though I may have known that, I mean, obviously it's not a good time to approach someone when they're stressed, but it's something that I didn't really think about before. And I would just blurt out something. Now I say, Kim, you know, you have to really just wait. You yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I use it every day for things like that. And I've also had people come up to me who've read it and told me that by reading the book, it has helped them have a more peaceful relationship, you know, arguing less. That type of thing. That's huge. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to take a break. We're talking to Kimberly Pryor, author of The Indestructible Relationship. You can also find that at indestructiblerelationship.com. 
When we come back, we're going to get into the specific five ways to stop stress from damaging your relationship. If you have a question about stress and relationships, give us a call. We'll get you on the line here with Kimberly. Our number, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Give us a call. We'll get you on the line and get your stress diminished immediately right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Are you a little bored at work? That boredom might actually be good for you. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Another day at the office, another mindless task, and your lunch break can't come fast enough. But it's not all that. British researchers report that in test subjects they studied, a little boredom led to increased creativity. In a presentation to the British Psychological Society, the researchers from the University of Central Lancashire found that truly boring tasks promoted a state of daydreaming in their test subjects. After those people daydreamed, their creativity was boosted for a while. Test subjects given the creativity test before the boredom-generating task were not as good at the creativity test. That could mean that one way to get your head ready for an office brainstorming session might be to get the day's mindless paperwork or repetitive manual tasks out of the way first. The testing found different levels of boring tasks, the ones that made daydreaming tougher, involved more writing than reading. The next phase of the tests could explore if this added creativity actually gets applied on the job. And we mean more than just using Comic Sans font on their next project status report. For Innovation Now, is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. You have opinions, stories, and ideas to share, too. So be ready to call in to one of our BYU Radio talk shows and share your thoughts on air by adding our toll-free number to your contacts. It's 855-CHAT-BYU. So next time you're listening to Matt Townsend, The Morning Show, or Julie Hanks, you'll be ready to add your two cents. Just add our number to your phone now. Again, our number is 855-CHAT-BYU. That's 855-242-8298. We can't wait to hear from you. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are uh, talking with Kimberly Pryor, the author of the book The Indestructible Relationship. She has gone out on a mission to find out what the healthy couples are doing to create or to diminish or decrease some of the stress in their relationships. We welcome Kimberly to the show with us. Kim, welcome to the program. Thank you, Matt. Now, you have outlined five ways to stop stress from damaging your relationship. What, what's the first one? The first step is to separate your stress from your relationship. It has to be something that you sit down consciously and do. And I'll give you an example yeah. of what I mean by that. Um, I'll use Tabitha and Richard. They're a couple that I featured in the Indestructible Relationship. Mm-hmm. And they were having problems in their marriage. I mean, they were arguing and... They were just completely miserable. And Richard was also unhappy in his job. He loved to teach, but he had a more administrative job at the time. And so his unhappiness with his job poisoned the marriage. And it was only when Richard left his job and began doing something he really loved yeah. that his relationship with Tabitha improved. Oh, I, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're unhappy in the relationship, I recommend just sit down quietly, ask yourself if you've experienced anything stressful lately. You know, maybe you and your husband or boyfriend have just moved to a new town because of his work. Right. Are you really unhappy with the relationship or are you just missing your old hometown and all your friends? Yeah, I love that. And with my clients, I always um, I have them give me a scale. So a scale from one to ten. Rank the relationship one to ten. Ten's the best the relationship's ever been. One's the worst it's ever been. And I try to get a relationship score. And then I also might add another score like stress uh, or your job score. And what it allows them to do is say, you know what, our relationship's great. It's an eight. But my stress level, I'm off the chart, and I'm hating it, and I, I feel, I mean, as far as relaxed, I'm a, I'm a one. I'm, I'm out of control. But by having these numbers, I've just found it allows them to kind of adapt their score so we don't have to take it personal. Yeah, that's excellent. That's an excellent idea. I mean, that's, that is definitely something that, that happens. I think a lot of times people are under stress. Mm-hmm. And they get mad at their, their partner. And yeah, and you do tend to take it personally. I mean, it's difficult not to when yeah. your significant other is yelling and screaming at you, <laughs> even though you haven't done anything wrong. Well, and don't you think we kind of absorb each other in a way? It's almost like you can absorb your partner into your identity. So yeah. you, you maybe don't even, you don't even distinguish the two. So you're saying sit down as a first step and separate your relationship from the stress you're feeling. The, the, the specific issues or things you have to deal with that cause the stress. Exactly. Because a lot of times what happens is that, you know, we're rolling along in life and we're so stressed from so many different things. You know, we have tons of work to do. People have kids to take care of. You know, um, there's so many different things to be stressed about yeah. that you're not really thinking that that could actually harm the relationship. But, you know, you're having problems in your relationship and if you're stressed out about something, it definitely is a huge factor. Mm. And it clouds everything up. So you could almost even just say, look, I'm in. I love you. I'm here forever. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm stressed about this. And having that kind of distinguished, it makes seems like it, uh, it might bring some peace immediately. Exactly. That's cool. So first step is to separate the stress from the relationship. Uh, what's number two? Well, the second one is something we talked about earlier. You know, yeah. don't bring up relationship issues when your partner is stressed. Um, so I would like to kind of substitute another one yeah. in place because this is something important, too. And it's the fact that men and women react to stress differently. Yeah, let's get into that. Yeah, and I think that's important because if, you know, if you've been with someone for, let's say, a year or two years and they haven't been under stress and all of a sudden you're under a huge amount of stress and you see them act in a way like they've never acted before. Right. And it can be kind of scary. and. Um, you know, if you're a woman, you have to realize that man is going to do something slightly different than, than you are. Men tend to be a lot more physical yeah. with stress. One of the couples I wrote about in the book, um, Meryl and George, they were the sweetest couple. And they lost their, their son, Danny, mm. to heart disease when he was 11. And when Danny died, he died very peacefully upstairs in the bedroom. And Meryl walked up there first and found him dead, and she started crying. But when George arrived... The first, his first reaction wasn't to cry. It was to slam his fist against the door. Mm, yeah. So that's a lot of times men will be more physical. And if a woman has never seen you know, their husband or boyfriend act that way, yeah. it can be you know, frustrating, scary. Startling, and yeah. Yeah. Well, in reality, he's just, it, it's, it seems like just as a guy and feeling that stress hormone kick in. I mean, the, the, the stress hormone and the stress chemicals, I mean, were, were designed to get us moving, designed to get us doing something, you know, and get us safe. So this need to kind of get moving and do something is, um, 
it's kind of innate, isn't it? It's it's just this desire to get action taking place in yeah, the male exactly. brain. Exactly, the cortisol. Uh-huh. The cortisol levels when they go up under stress, yeah. And, and do you sense that females just process it that differently? Yeah, yeah. And, and another thing, interesting thing, too, is, and, and this is something people, you know, have probably heard before in regards to men as a, men as a general rule want to solve problems. Mm-hmm. But when they feel as if a problem can't be solved, it stresses them out. And there was this really great story that I wrote about in the book. Um, there, was, there was a woman after Hurricane Andrew hit South Florida. Mm-hmm. She walked into a Red Cross shelter, and she told one of the mental health counselors, my husband has gone mad. And she explained that after the hurricane, he picked up the trash that was strewn about the yard and mowed the lawn, and then he mowed it again the next morning. <laughs> and so the Red Cross counselors explained that, you know, men need to feel that they need to fix a problem, and she recommended that the woman give her husband something to do with his hands. So she had him fix generators. Oh, interesting. Perfectly happy. So yeah. Under stress, it's good to give men something they can do with their hands so they feel like they're fixing a problem or... You know, if you're if like you're evacuated because of a wildflower or a flood or something, you could take the kids out, have the husband take the kids out for a walk. Right. And so have give him something to do to make him feel like he's solving the problem. Is I, you know, I I think that's so powerful because too I sit there and I think I, I don't even want to talk about it. So if you want to solve, I mean, I want to solve your problem. I don't want you to just kind of stew in pain. So, it, but if you're not coming to me to solve it, and you're really just coming to have me hear it. It almost sounds like that could be torture for a lot of men. Like, yeah. we're just going to talk about the problem? <laughs> Why right. don't we just poke our eyes for a while? Right. You know? Exactly. But it's the, so it's probably one of the reasons why we want to jump in and like, okay, okay, quit talking. Let's just just do this. Yeah, you don't want to feel powerless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then that cooped up feeling, too, of you also, I mean, the idea of wanting to move and to get out and do something, you know, it helps, I think. Even to yeah. clear your head. It goes back to the cortisol level you were talking about, yeah. too, under stress. you got to get it out of you somehow, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And it's important, I think, as, as a woman, too, to just let the man know if you really need, if you're under stress and you just need him to listen, you need your boyfriend or husband to listen, just, just ask him. Yeah. I mean, just say, say, hey, I just need you to sit and listen. You know, don't try to solve the problem. It would help me more if you just give me a sympathetic, empathetic ear. And by the way... Most men I know would probably love that because at least I know what to do. Yeah. It's even worse when you don't tell me that and now I got to figure out what you want me to do and uh-huh. and you're not doing it the way I do it. And that's really important going under when you're going through um, huge crises, mm-hmm. whether it's death of a child or you know having your, your home destroyed in a natural disaster or getting to an accident. If you've never been in that situation before, you know, your partner's not going to know what to do necessarily. Right. So you tell them what you need. That's really the most powerful thing you can do. Oh, it's relationships. They're seem they're so complicated, and yet we think they're just so easy, don't we? I mean, <laughs> we know they're not, but we. Right. It's like, yeah, well, how hard could it be? We've been doing it our whole life. Exactly. Well, but then then the stressors come, and it changes the entire ball game. What's uh, so so far? We've got separate the stress from the relationship. Don't bring up the relationship issues uh, when your partner is stressed. And men uh, tend to be more physical when stressed. I mean, just men and women handle stress difference differently, so understand your partner. Exactly. Okay, great. Right. What's the next one? Remember that your significant other isn't a security blanket. <laughs> you know, when we're under stress or, you know, when we're ill, we, we think our sweetie is going to always be there to listen to everything that we have to say, but that's not always the case. They can't always give you everything you need. 
one of the couples in my book, Louise and Martin, Louise had breast cancer. But when she tried to talk to Martin about her fears of dying, he simply could not go there. Right. So, I mean, the thought of losing her was just so, was so scary to him that she, he just could not go where she was going. So she didn't get upset. She didn't get frustrated. You know, here's what, you know, he, he couldn't give me what I needed. Instead, she joined a support group. Hmm. So it's just really important to find other outlets for your stress, you know, support groups, a friend, even writing in a journal, and to not get upset with your partner if they can't give you what you expected them to give you. Yeah, that's, to me, that just seems like one of the big ones, because we have this expectation that our partner should be there in these critical times and be tooled and skilled and know how to do it. And, you know, in a weird way, I guess that's why you want to teach this, because it might, you know, it'd probably be valuable as we're getting older to know how to be more of a a security blanket in those one or two, you know, percentage of the times that they really have to have us. Um, But it also seems like we, we kind of expect a lot from a partner. Yeah. And I think it's just important to realize that not you know, the reason why we have so many friends is yeah. because our partner can't give us everything can't we need. Can't do it all. Yeah, and, and what happens is if you expect your partner to, to, to do everything with you and, to, do, and yeah. to be there for you all the time, if your partner gets sick or ill oh, yeah. or in an accident and he can't be there for you, then you know, you're, it's, it's going to bother you. But if you already have a sense of self and you're already doing things on your own and are perfectly okay doing that, yeah. then if your partner gets sick, ill in an accident or something happens, you're going to be perfectly okay going out on your own and doing things and leaving, leaving your husband or wife behind. That's powerful. That's, that's truly independent. So if you're independent enough to handle it and, to, and you know how to do this effectively, and even if your partner's independent enough to, to be there for you when, you when you do need it, but then we've got to be interdependent enough to know when's enough, what's realistic, what can really happen, and, and yeah. who can really do it. Yeah, and I think it's important to keep reminding yourself of that, too, because even though I know that when, when my fiancé, he's been sick for a few weeks, we think, with some sort of uh, flu of some sort. Um, I think it's his car. <laughs> yeah, it got him stressed, actually. Yeah, I bet, it may have weakened the old immunity. Yeah, it did, because it, he got sick right after that. And, <laughs> and I wanted to go on a hike really badly, and, but he seemed like he was getting better, and he didn't tell me that he was still feeling bad. Yeah. And so at first, he, I was like, let's go on a hike. And he's, <laughs> he's like, he goes, well... You, no, I don't want to go. And I said, what do you mean I don't want to go? And he goes, you afraid? No, I just don't feel like it. He wanted to tell me he was still sick. And yeah. finally he told me, and at first I was like, well, darn it, I really wanted to go on a hike with him. But then I realized, you know, I could go on a hike by myself and yeah. feel just as happy. I mean, I did that before I met him. You're a big girl, Kim. <laughs> I know, exactly. You and can do it. You forget we're a big girl. You know, we want our... our we want our husbands, yeah. our fiancés, our boyfriends, you know, you want him to go do things with you. And sometimes you feel bad when sometimes he might just have had a hard day at work. Oh, yeah. And, and the last thing he go. wants is a hike. Yeah. Or he, you might want to go to a movie with you and he's had a hard day at work. Well, instead of getting, you know, the first, the first time, the first um, feeling that you have sometimes is you get hurt. Yeah. You know, especially maybe you've had, maybe like when you're a kid, you might have had, you know, something happen, maybe some abandonment issues going on or something. But I feel the same way sometimes. Right. You know, but I I stopped myself thinking, you know, this is really stupid. I can go and have fun with my friends. I don't need to always have fun with my With your husband. Or you could just start calling him names. Like, hey, wussy, you too afraid (laughs) to walk? Man up. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. That's just bad advice right there. We're talking with Kimberly Pryor, and uh, Kimberly is the author of a book 
called The Indestructible Relationship, and she's helped thousands of couples stress-proof their love life, argue less, and love more. We're going to take a break. We've gone through three. We made one up, four of the six points. When we come back, we'll work on those last two and then get some more advice from Kimberly Pryor. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. And what a song. Every time it was recorded, it stopped my world for a while. Ron Simpson is passionate about music and knows a good song when he hears one. I'm plenty old enough to realize this is something new, something pretty cool, something important. Join him as he takes a closer look into the songs and musicians he knows and loves. Trying to analyze the chords and figure out why the song communicates such an incredible mood. The Tantara Hour, weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New court filings confirmed lawyers for accused Colorado theater shooter James Holmes are going to pursue an insanity-based defense. Holmes will formally ask to change his plea to not guilty by insanity later this month. The Delaware State Senate has approved a measure to allow same-sex marriage. With the approval, the state is now set to become the 11th in the nation to officially recognize same-sex marriage. After three women were rescued from a suburban Cleveland house after being held captive for over a decade, authorities are now realizing just how close they came to discovering the captives years ago. Police tried to visit the house for an unrelated matter but were not allowed in at the time. Investigators are now confirming ammonium nitrate was the cause of the massive explosion at the fertilizer plant in West Texas. However, the source of the initial fire that detonated the chemical is still unknown. Following the sexual battery-related arrest of the lead Air Force officer in charge of preventing sexual assault, lawmakers are now harshly questioning if military branches should have jurisdiction over sexual crimes. It finally happened on Wall Street. The Dow Jones breached the 15,000-point mark for the first time ever today. The rest of the market did well, too, with the S&P hitting a fourth consecutive all-time high. In world news, a gas tanker has exploded on a highway outside Mexico City, killing nearly 20 people. The blast also damaged numerous homes surrounding the area. North Korean authorities have lowered two missiles from a coastal launch site, relieving some of the tension in the region. U.S. officials say the move is beneficial to normalizing relations on the Korean peninsula. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We, uh, we're talking about stress in relationships, which we have none of on this show because we are a love fest 24-7. And uh, we do have a great guest, though. Kimberly Pryor is joining us. She is the author of The Indestructible Relationship. She's a journalist with over 600 articles published And she went on a journey, an excursion to figure out what are the couples that are so healthy doing to eliminate stress? What do the healthy couples do to de-stress, if you will, their lives, their relationships? And then she wrote the book, The Indestructible Relationship. Welcome back, Kimberly, to the program. 
Thank you, Matt. And I really think anybody that uh, wants more information, they need to go to your website, indestructiblerelationship.com. Yeah, and actually an easier website that's easier to spell yes. is kimpryor.com. That is, I was just going to say it, Pryor with a Y. Yeah, exactly, as in yes. As in yes, yes, with yes. the Y. Yes. Uh, Kim, it's really a great site, too, because you've got blogs, you've got articles, um, just a bunch of stuff for you there. Plus, there's a whole section for singles. Because not, not all, you know, a lot of people that are stressed in relationships are singles. Yeah, and you know, that's actually, when I wrote this book, I was single. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to find out is what are, you know, because a lot of times I would get involved in a relationship and, and it would fall apart. And yeah. I wanted to know, you know, why is that? What is it that these healthy couples are doing that, that I wasn't doing? So, so, yes, the book is definitely for singles, too, because a lot of the things that the couples shared with me during my interviews, the things I learned from them, you know, I use in my relationship every day. And if mm-hmm. I had used some of these things, I think, in past relationships, they would have lasted a lot longer. Yeah, it could have helped. And maybe even it's because it doesn't just have to even be kind of like an intimate relationship. It might be. I mean, it seems like uh, if I'm an in-law, I need to follow these rules as well. First step is separate your stress from the relationship. I mean, you know what I mean? Every one of these could still work probably in any relationship. Yes, that's true. In a friendship, even, quite honestly, because we have expectations for our friends a lot of times that we expect them to meet our expectations, and they don't even know what our expectations are. So I think it it, it is true that a lot of the advice in the book also applies to friendships as well. So we have talked about separate stress from the relationship. Make sure that you've distinguished the two. Don't bring up relationship issues uh, when the partner is stressed or when your partner is stressed. We talked about how men and women handle physical stress differently and cortisol and some of that. And we've also talked about remember that your partner is not your security blanket. So we have a couple more. What are the, what are the final two steps that uh, you know, you'd, you'd suggest we learn to do? The next one is avoid the parent trap. Because so many times we look at our parents' relationships as a blueprint for our current relationship. Right. And this can cause a lot of trouble. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. For one of the couples, Laura and Ross, Ross's mother was a, was a disciplinarian in their family. Mm-hmm. And for Laura, it was the exact opposite. Laura's father was a disciplinarian in her family. So when they first started a family, the kids went without discipline for a while because <laughs> Laura was waiting for Ross to discipline the kids, and he was waiting for her to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, you know, I think a lot of times we have to build our own relationships. You know, you have... You have to take the time to really think about the way your mother related to your father and vice versa. Yeah. And you need to write down the ways your parenting or relationship style is similar to your mother's or father's. I love that. And, and like think it out and talk it out. And I guess actually even – I mean it might be that one parent is a lot better – in my marriage, for example, my wife is a lot better at structure, systems, setting it up, making the plan – implementing the plan. Skyboy here just said everything, which is, I don't like Skyboy, so don't even laugh at that. Uh, We're going to have to take him out back. Um, But I'm kind of more uh, able to lighten the moment and maybe access the child when they may not be accessible and make them laugh. You know what I mean? Make not just make them, but get, get access into them so I can have some leverage. Yeah, so you, you basically you take advantage of each, each uh-huh. of your different styles. And so we've got to figure that. out the style, right? And who, and I mean, and make it as a parenting issue that we're going to do this the best way we can, not just default what our parents did. Right, exactly. And I think a lot of people really need to make that commitment mm-hmm. and realize what their own style is and, and go with that and, re- and realize 
you know, what was good about your mother and father's style and what was bad about it? And this is in everything, really, I, I'm assuming. Like, just because your dad always mowed the lawn and the dad did the outside things and the mom did the inside things, you're kind of saying, avoid the trap. Maybe you could still find other ways to do everything. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're, if you're aware of what your mother and father did and what was good and what was bad, then you're more likely to use what was good about it, mm-hmm. what was good about their parenting style, and what was bad. Yeah. See, it's, it's just as common sense, isn't it, Kimberly? But not always common practice, huh? Exactly. I mean, I find that what happens with a lot of some of these points that I went over, a lot of times it's good to be reminded of them. Yeah, absolutely. Because there have been so many times, like I said, in my own relationship where just, you know, I wanted to blurt out things that were bothering me when my fiancé was stressed, and that would not have been a good idea. But because I'd written this book, I was like, okay, you have to remember. You have to think about this. Because so many times what happens in life is we get so involved in everything that's going on, the kids, the work, work stress, kids, everything, that we just are living on autopilot. Right. And we're not really thinking about the things that would be best for our relationship. Well, and then there's always the fun time when your kid will say, oh, thanks, relationship expert, after you just blew up. Then they hold your feet to the book. So writing a book, I think, is great for everybody. Everybody should write a book so that their parents can throw or their kids can throw it back in their face. That's one way to do it. What's your last one, Kimberly? Number five, which is really number six. Yeah, it's reinvent your expectations. Because, you know, couples, one of the things I realized when I interviewed the couples in the book is the couples who are able to reverse the stereotypical male-female roles Mm -hmm. are the ones who are able to cope with with stress the most successfully. For for example, a man who has always weighed his self-worth on his ability to provide for the family. Right. He'd be devastated if an illness prevented him from being able to go to work. And he might even resent his wife when she is forced to become the chief breadwinner in the family. Right. Um, or for the opposite of that, you know, a woman who always believed her husband would hold down an office job while she, while she stayed home with the kids. Yeah. She might resent her husband for not fulfilling her expectations. So you really need to be able to switch your expectations as to what you've, you know, if you've had expectations your entire life of what you expected your husband or wife to be like, you need to be able to switch those expectations in order to cope with stress. And I think that's such a great point because... Um we live in a day and age when you, you can basically invent it any way you want. And so if somebody is sick, if a husband is sick and he always his identity was based on that, we could reinvent. I mean, there's so many jobs we could do at home and still be Mr. Mom. And I mean, there's so many options now that have never existed. It, but we get we end up getting stuck in our expectations, don't we? The way we think about it. That's very true. And it's not only true for people in relationships, but also single people. Yeah. I mean, when I was single, I always believed I had to marry a man who is at or above my income level. Mm. And then in November 2011, I met a man who was starting his own photography business. You know, his income didn't equal mine because right. he was starting his business. And, um, but he was intelligent, charming, creative, funny. I mean, he's so good to me, cleans the dishes, cleans out my garage. And he's my fiancé now. Yeah. But if I had stuck with that, you know, something I believed since I was, you know, like 18 years old, that yep. the man had to provide for me financially... I would have been missed out on the most wonderful man. So that's another thing, advice for singles is, is you know, switch your expectations too. You know, look at what, what else the guy is offering you and, and you know, or for men, you know, look at what the woman is offering you and don't be so stuck in what your expectations were that you push away someone good. That's the sad thing, isn't it? Because we, um, 
but so, some out there, I can just hear. I teach a lot of singles pro classes, and I can just hear. Oh, so you're telling me to lower my expectations? And right, you exactly. say, No, you're yeah. not. You're yeah. actually broadening them exactly. to something richer than just one stereotype. Exactly. Exactly. And obviously, you don't want to go out. I mean, I'm not talking about going out with a guy who, like, say, never wants to work. Yeah, right. And is extremely lazy. Yeah. And who, you know, has those problems. Yeah. But it's a matter of looking at, you know, make a list like they always tell you to do. Look, look at your list and try to actually refine it because mm-hmm. people will put things on the list. Like that, that was on my list, you know, the fact that, that the guy had to provide for me financially, how to be, you know, more financially successful for me. And by having that list that they always tell you to make, by having that on the list, I would have hurt myself if I had stuck to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've, you're going to draw a smaller circle. And then fewer people are going to fit in the circle. It also seems like in a relationship, I just did a whole episode of this on television the other day about um, these kind of pet peeves we all have. And I I have all these people that are 90% happy in their relationship. There's just this one thing, and they've all got one, and it drives them crazy. And I sit there and I think, you've got 90% great in a relationship, and you're obsessed with the toilet paper roll? Really? (laughs) Exactly. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> exactly. I mean, my fiance and I, we both put the toilet paper roll different. I go under and he goes over. And <laughs> so one day, as a romantic gesture to me, he actually put the toilet paper roll under. Oh, <laughs> man. He <laughs> likes you. He's, yeah. he's try- yeah, that'll only happen right now, Kimberly. <laughs> Once you're married, he'll never do it again. You'll probably, you, you won't even have toilet paper in the room. Um, isn't I it, have it, faith in him. You do have faith in him, yeah. and you should. But see, your points, I guess, I mean, every one of those, reinventing the expectation is the stress. I, I love to point out the stress, isn't, um, the stress isn't the issue, usually. The stress comes from, usually I found, how we're handling the issue, what we're thinking about the issue, how we manage the issue. So like a, a toilet paper roll, if someone's stressed out about it, usually, by the way, it's one-sided. Right. That is that stress resides in one person, not in both people. Exactly. That's very true. And that's why I have 20 exercises in the back of the indestructible relationship to really help you understand the way that you cope with stress. Yeah. We understand the way it affects you. To sort it out. You're yeah. kind of your style almost, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that that's really helpful for people and it, it helps them be more relaxed and at peace during times of stress, which makes the relationship Do you, more uh, peaceful. Do you believe, Kim, because I'm going to just throw this out there. Do you believe, you know, st- do you think stress is going to keep happening to people? Yeah, stress is something that we can't avoid, obviously. It's not going away. No, the stress is not going away, but it's the way that you cope with the stress that's important. Yeah. And you have a choice in how. I mean, you know, I've had people tell me that when I, when I planned a retreat, actually, for divorced people, the videographer guy goes to me, he goes, you know, you don't get stressed out, do you? I'm really just amazed. And... It was really just a choice on my part yeah. to say before it even started, I'm not going to get stressed out about this. There's a lot to do, you know, but, but it's important to be um, calm and as calm as possible under the circumstances. So it's really a choice that you make and say, you know, I'm going through this stressful situation, but I'm not going to take it out of my partner. You know, I'm not going to let it destroy my health or let it destroy my relationship. Yeah, you're not, and you're not going to throw someone under the bus. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think, and what what a better choice. And then what I also see with that is once we start seeing it's a choice, and we start making the choice, um, it it actually it becomes something that edifies the relationship. It makes it even stronger because you've been through it. 
and you you thrived through it. You succeeded through it. Yeah, that's true. And and you know they they found that the research has found when I was doing the book, I found some research that said that you know couples, a lot of couples will be able to handle stress and become stronger because of it. Mm-hmm. But there are some couples that are compatible in every way except for the way they handle stress. Oh, interesting. So sometimes it's it's just a meshing of two people who who you know don't handle stress correctly. But if they would just you know go through some steps to learn how to handle stress correctly, yeah. the re- relationship would last through the stress. And like you said, they would become stronger because of it. Well, and it's going to be all these things will pass. I mean, eventually this is going to pass. Exactly. Right? And so yeah. when it passes, even if you have different stress approaches or approaches to stress, it'll pass. That's true. That's true for almost every stress. I think the one stress that, that probably never goes away completely is the death of a child. Yeah. You know, that's always going to be there, that grieving, and it'll get maybe a little bit less over time, but it's always going to still be there. It just kind of keeps hitting, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Good stuff, Kim. Yeah, I think uh, this is long overdue. It seems like the obvious book to write, Stress and Relationships, and yet uh, here it's just barely coming out. How long have you, How long has the book been out? It's been out for about a year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it came out as an ebook first. It's available both on the Kindle and um, on Amazon.com as a um, paperback book. But it came out as an ebook first. But the the paperback just came out last fall, okay. October. And it's and they can get it Amazon on. They can get it on your website. Yeah, KimPrior.com. KimPrior.com can't Pryor be with e- the Y. Why? Because of you. Is that what you said? Yes. Why? Because of you. Or yes. Oh, that's cute. Why? Because of you. <laughs> okay, right. that's cute. Now I get it. See, it only took me thirty minutes. No stress. Kim, you're the best. Appreciate you being on the show. And again, go check it out, KimPrior.com and the book, The Indestructible Relationship. Really. Thank you, Matt, for having me. You've done great. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you. We are going to take a break now and uh, de-stress a little bit more. Come back, wrap up the show, give you some more tools, talk a little bit more about uh, some relationship issues, and uh, see if we can't set you on your way in a healthier way. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Self-healing materials of the future could mimic the human blood clotting process. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. One of the growing areas of interest in material science is in self-healing materials, materials that repair themselves automatically when damaged. This is not new. Self-sealing gas tanks and tires are the grandfathers of this idea. But we can go farther now with electronic circuits which carry capsules of conductive fluid that could heal broken connections or paint finishes on cars that fill in their own scratches. While studying the processes of nature in self-healing materials, MIT learned how blood clots form and then disappear. Your blood contains clot-forming materials all the time, and scientists thought that, like a cement mixer or slush drink machine, it was fast motion that kept clots from forming. But it turns out that's exactly backwards. A special long-chain molecule in blood plasma acts like a rolled-up piece of adhesive tape in slow flow. When an injury makes blood flow fast, this sticky roll unwinds and starts tangling up platelets to form the clot. NASA is interested in learning more about research such as this for things like spacesuits that can heal after a puncture from a sharp rock or meteoroid hit. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV.
Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back. Wrapping up the show on stress and relationships. Um, We just uh, talked to Kim Pryor and her book, The Indestructible Relationship. We now have our own Madison Alfredo all red on the line here, actually in my face on the microphone. (laughs) How are you, Maddie? I'm doing very well. How are you? Madison is, this is my last day working with Madison because I'm go I'm not going to be on air the next couple days, but we have a great fill in guest. And um, Mad- so, but Madison's going to be leaving on a mission in about a month. Mm-hmm. A mission. She'll be an LDS missionary out there on a bike. No, not really. She'll be just out and about changing the world, serving the world. Mm-hmm. So this is our last time. You're a good girl. Oh, thank you. Really, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> and all right, I really will. We're going to send Stop you podcast. I'm not. We're yeah, on, we're I, I, it's <laughs> not. I'm choking on something. <laughs> But before we do, we're going to have you do one more little educational moment here for us. What um, fill me in because expectations and Kim got into this, they're huge. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned? You know, especially with expectations for a marriage, you know, for women, there's kind of the Stepford wife of being, oh, you know, you can be the perfect wife, the perfect mother, yeah. have the house clean. This is for more of a traditional sense of yeah. motherhood and being a wife. And then also, you know, be really cute and fit, yeah. you know, all this stuff. There's all that pressure. Um, and as I was looking for what it could be for a man, it was kind of interesting. I noticed that there's actually not... You know, for men, their role is to provide for the family, (laughs) you know, be a good husband and be a good dad. You know, that's there's not a very high bar for men. (laughs) Yeah, it's not high at all. (laughs) I mean, when you think of it. Yeah, I mean, but it's like there's a there's a lot of examples of women kind of doing it all. Mm -hmm. But when you think about it for the men, I was looking through and kind of being like, okay, so what's a guy in the media like a character or someplace that's. A good husband, a good father, and is successful. Did you find one? I couldn't. Well, like was... Homer Simpson. Nope. Yeah, no. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, there's just not... I mean, a lot of the men in the media aren't perceived... They don't. I guess they don't have these expectations of needing to be super dad, needing to be super helpful. Well, when they are like a super dad, like Andy Griffith from the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. He's single. You know, he doesn't have a wife. Yeah, he's a widow. Or even like the dad from Full House. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a wife either. What's you know? the deal? The, all the all the effective, balanced men mm-hmm. were widows. Yeah, or if they, you know, have a wife and are paying attention to her, they kind of ignore the kids or they don't have kids. And so it's Mr. Almost... Huxtable, there's always Mr. Huxtable, <laughs> right? From, uh, what was that show called? Bill Cosby Bill Show. Bill Cosby Show. Yeah. He was the super dad and he was a doctor. Yeah, but I mean that's so rare. That was and the how rare one. There's the exception. Yeah, that and Mike Brady. Those are from the Brady Bunch. Those yeah. are the only ones that I could really find. And so you know, it's almost even more pressure for the men because they don't really have a successful role model modeled. You yeah. Know? Whereas women, you hear, oh, you know, look at Susie Q over there. She's down to the size she was in high school. She has four kids yeah. and oh, I think. Don't you think that's you know? enormous pressure? Like Instagram. So now you get pictures of and, – and Pinterest. You now get all these pictures of what all of these other women are doing. Mm-hmm. And if they're not out working and trying to raise a family, if I mean there's got to be a weird sense of uh, 
like expectation on a woman who's reading and watching Instagram and reading all of these magazines about everything you should be doing and you're mm-hmm. not doing it. Yeah, I don't know what is more stressful, either having it modeled out for you like it is for the women or not having a model mm-hmm. to follow for the men. That's, either way, super stressful. Yeah. And so, you know, there's Huge. famous examples of people where they have not been able to keep it together, you know, like going postal yeah. in the 80s, you know, in 1983, um, there were some U.S. postal yeah. workers that went crazy yeah. and killed people. Started that's, shooting everybody, yeah. Mm-hmm, that's where the phrase going postal came yeah. from. I actually did not know that. So I was there. I'm not there there, but I was there in the 80s. <laughs> that's really cool, though. That's the benefit but, of being older. <laughs> there you, you just go. can't remember. I know. I am I'm young. <laughs> yeah, you but um but you know, and kind of keeping that in check. And so I think that's um really awesome to kind of realize, you know what? If you don't have it modeled out for you, or if you do, you just kinda of have to come and, you know, adjust your expectations. Reinvent your expectations, just like how our guest was talking about Perfect. today. See? Reinvention. How hard could that be? You're gonna <laughs> go reinvent your life. So good luck to you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being on the show, too. Oh, you no problem. You rocked it. How long have you been on? Uh, I've been on since early September. Since early September. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary, and um, I'm pretty sure we're going to go another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless I die with a microphone in my hand. So good luck to you, and keep writing, will you? Okay, I will. We'll, we'll keep you posted. So as we wrap it up, um, it's just it's interesting. Relationships are complicated anyway. Then we need to get our expectations right, uh, as we've learned. And then we talked to Kimberly Pryor about all of these other things. You know, we'll start watching for some of the the stressors of life. Um, and I just got an interesting email. I think I'm going to share with you. Of uh, uh, so, I was just on TV the other day. I do a little local stint here every week in Salt Lake City. And on the show, a woman um, didn't, I don't know. So I just talked about the fact that there's all these people that have these pet peeves. And everyone has pet peeves, right? Um, You know, it could be anything from the toilet paper not being on the roll right to your partner having nail clippings to um, all of these different things. Well, anyway, so I just got some mail. And I won't read their name. But basically they were mad because... On the show, uh, I did a show a few weeks ago about five things that women can specifically, I guess, moms can teach their sons, and which is the topic they gave me. Five things that moms can teach their sons. And I had my wife, I just talked about the five things my wife is teaching our children, the things she's trying to teach our children. And I held that up, not that my wife was perfect at it, but this is what my wife's trying to do. And I, and I basically tied it to these five points. Well, lo and behold, I have this, I got this message that on the show yesterday, um, somebody was thinking that I was basically insinuating that they need to be perfect like my wife. And I'm like, no, no one can be as perfect as my wife. Um, no. But that, the funny thing is, is if, if we can't talk about where we need to improve without offending somebody who doesn't feel perfect there... How on earth do we ever improve? And that's one of the problems with our relationships when we're stressed is when we're stressed, we're much more reactive. And one of the greatest principles I've ever learned is that we have to learn to suspend. If we can't suspend our reaction to something and we just automatically react, you're creating a space with your partner that makes it so they can't say anything. They don't dare say anything because no matter what we say, we know you're going to react to it. 
stress is a huge predictor of marital of marital problems. And so some things just very simple. I'm going to ask you to look for three signs, okay? These are what I call the vital signs. These are the signs we check to see if somebody's alive. So I'm going to give you three signs that we're going to check for to see if someone's relationally there, okay? Which means it would be a good time to have a, a good conversation. If these signs are not effect, not there, then we probably ought not be doing it. Number one sign, negative emotion. If you see somebody is negatively charged, whether they're angry or quiet, whether they're you know silently steaming or angrily outbursting, if you see negative emotion in them, it's probably not a good time to have a conversation. Seems obviously obvious, right? So that's negative emotion. Number two, understanding. If it's confusing what you're talking about, and usually what you'll see is when emotion goes up, your understanding tends to go down. So if you see that the issue you're talking about is getting more and more confusing, less and less understanding, it's a sign that we probably, we're probably not talking or handling this very well. And the last thing is trust. When you see understanding go down, you usually see trust follow it. So if it gets more and more confusing and we're more and more angry at each other, guess what? Trust is probably already being broken there. Negative emotion, understanding, and trust. I call that the nuts. When your people are going nuts, watch out for it. Watch out. Negative emotion, understanding dropping, and trust dropping. When you see it, it's time to back out a little bit, give your partner some space, you know, and then maybe circle back later, check the vitals again. If you see the vitals are happier, the negative emotions gone down, understanding's higher, we have higher trust, then let's breach the subject, okay? Let's quit driving each other nuts, folks. That's the goal of the show, giving you some tools. I'll be out the next two days or so uh, celebrating the wedding of my dear daughter, Sarah and Brady. Tons of fun. Uh, go check out, by the way, my Facebook page. And on there, I will put a video of that eight, that segment I did about um, dealing with pet peeves, in case you want to look at that. Go to Matt Townsend uh, and look up Matt Townsend on Facebook. Again, thanks for joining us. And we're you know here Monday through Friday right here on Sirius XM one, uh, 143 BYU Radio. <laughs>